Did some dope bring a balloon to a game and everyone's like, oh, we got to do that. Everyone, let's just bring one. We got to bring balloons. Now, watch, I'm going to be the uh, I'm going to be the a-hole because come to find out, it's like there was a young boy who was tragically stricken with a horrible disease and all he wanted was a balloon at the game. I'm like, oh, I'm a terrible person. All right, big story number four. All right, I got a lot of um, audio to filter through here. So let's start with one of the biggest missing pieces from OTAs, and that is no Lamar Jackson. Um, John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, said, hey, no reason to panic about that. this road many times, right, through the years. So I'll just let Lamar speak for himself on that. It's for him to talk about. You can ask him. Sashi Brown out of this. Voluntary does mean voluntary, and that, that's true. And I think, you know, Lamar's been out working this offseason. Eric and John talked about it. So, so no, not, I don't think any reason for alarm. Sashi Brown. Been, oh. Very vocal in terms of Lamar, in terms of his support and desire to be in Baltimore. So we're we're pleased that he's out there working and not going to make a big deal out of this. Sashi Brown is the president of the Baltimore Ravens. Meanwhile, the other kind of big story that everyone seems to be following is Kaepernick's workout, which Josh McDaniels, the Raiders coach, talked about yesterday. I won't. I'm just by just a, a, a standard procedure. We're not. We won't only talk about the people that are on our team. I mean, Dave and his staff have worked out tons of guys. You know, this spring, um, and and we really don't make comments about the evaluations that we made or, you know, what what they look like, what they didn't look like, strengths and weaknesses, those kind of things. They're kind of. Um, you know, private, obviously, for us uh, as we look at things to try to make decisions to make the team better. And, um, you know, if players are added to the team, then obviously we'll talk about them at that point. But I respect the question 100%. I understand. But that's kind of what we'll, we'll, we'll stick to. And they, of course, had a pepper way, and he kept saying, listen, man, we bring in a lot of people for workouts. And yesterday on, I don't is it the Players' Tribune? No, there's a, there's a show on Matt. I guess I could look it up here. But LaShawn Shady McCoy went after Eric Bieniemy. Now, this would be a big story if Josh Helmer, noted Chiefs fan, was in today. But there's been a lot of buzz around Eric Bieniemy and his time in Kansas City, and if it nearly came to an end this offseason, well, LaShawn McCoy shed a little light on it. And the reason why I finished is because me and the coordinator, didn't, we had a difference about different things, right? And I'm going to say this. It's the reason why. Every year they keep hyping him up to get a, a coaching job, a head coach or office coordinator job Ooh. from everywhere else, and you don't get one because he's the, talking about Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, and the players. You're bringing this up now when we got a minute. I was like, I'm like, truth. <laughs> Listen, because some players, right, he talks to them a, a certain way, and some players would take it. I wouldn't take it. Like, whoa. You know, and some questions I would ask, everybody's accountable. Yeah. That's why it's not because he's a black coach. That's not the reason. The reason that because he – I won't get into that. But that's the reason why that every year they hype him up to get a job, and then when the time comes, nobody hires him because they know what type of coach he really is. So you're saying Eric B. Enemy was the why you stopped playing in Kansas City? Yeah, come on, man. That's players. Wow. They knew what it was. Ouch. Yeah, that's something. I am Athlete Podcast. I apologize. That's what it is. And it's also a radio show, too, on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Andy Reid said the comments say more about McCoy than they do on B. Enemy. Quote, sometimes it's hard on a veteran player and maybe their performance level isn't what it used to be. And it takes and it's hard to take sometimes. But Eric Bienemy is going to push you to try to maximize what you've got. That's one of his strengths. He'll come in and shoot you straight. Sometimes you want to hear it, 
Sometimes you don't. Andy Reid in response to that. Um, there was, was there one more here that I wanted to get to? No, I think we're good. So a lot of stuff in the National Football League. And I think this weekend we might hear a little bit more about Deshaun Watson. I hope Baker gets moved at some point. There I, was, was it yesterday the Panthers wanted the Browns to pay 13 or 14 mil of the 18, but Browns wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean. Just get this over with. The reality is. You've got a you got a guy that's probably not going to go to a place where he's the instant starter. It's just that's that's the reality of the the timing of of this going down. And he's coming off shoulder surgery in a bad year. Right? That's the reality of it. But it's not no one's going to pay 16 mil for a backup quarterback right now. And who knows? Maybe he goes somewhere and ends up being the rock star that we know he's capable of being. But yeah, no new news on Baker in his future. All right. Big story number three. Number three. They're back, but did they really even go anywhere last night? The final call on the Warriors radio network. After two years of uncertainty and injuries, the Golden State Warriors have put the splash back in the finals. Final score, Warriors 120, Dallas 110. The Warriors win the West. Four games to one. And get ready for the Eastern Conference winner, which could be determined tomorrow night. Um, Six finals appearances in their last eight years. That's pretty awesome. Pretty impressive accomplishment. 21 series wins by the trio of Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. And it is by no means the end game. This is special, our fan base, to do it in this new building. Everything about it is special. So we know, uh, we know this isn't the ultimate goal, but we got to celebrate this because all we went through these last three years. So Uh, here's Clay Thompson. Thoughts definitely go to the you know surgery table. I'm very thankful for Dr. Ferkel, the tedious rehab sessions. You know, I got really in touch with music during those times because it would help me through a lot of those sessions. Just my appreciation for moving my body again. I thought about that, you know, I thought about those days I couldn't run or jump and how lucky we are to do what we do. And um, just to be here again wearing this shirt, wearing this hat, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, like you said, I dreamt of this and it's inspiring for myself to keep going. So there you go. Warriors advance to the NBA Finals. First team to go from worst record in the NBA to finals in a three-season span since. The Warriors did it. I just – I'm sorry, man. I, I understand there were injuries in this process. But I, how? How? I'm tired of seeing it, but I guess I respect I mean, it a little you, bit. You, you lit- And think about the people that are – Making this pie. It's not just Steph. It's obviously not just Clay. Sure, it's Allison Draymond, but it's Kayvon Looney. It's dudes that were in the G League fighting for their careers. They always get like perfect role players yes. like, surrounding them that contribute in a big way for Clay, Steph, and Draymond. Andrew Wiggins, I mean, resurrecting his career in Golden State. It's incredible. They Dude, also debuted the. Well, the conference finals MVP award. The Magic Johnson. The Magic right. Johnson Western Conference Player of the Year. Well, yeah, Looney deserved something. that award, but they gave it to Steph Curry because he's more popular. 
I will say I have never seen any player, and I mean any player, get destroyed the way that Luka Doncic did in that first half last night. My gosh, you would have thought he was not playing the right sport with the way people were acting on Twitter and Charles Barkley. Calm down, people. By the way, speaking of Charles Barkley, did you see him almost go after a fan last night? He's getting harassed. He had I, a towel throw at him. He turned around and <laughs> looked like he was about to attack him. You know, I, this just maybe not necessarily a hot opinion, but it's not always the best thing to have shows live out amongst people because people suck. So, I mean, I just – I don't know – and you've got enough people around you where you can be an a-hole and probably get away with it. Well, you may have some drunks. You just won the Western may. Conference Finals, so you got a lot of crazy people right behind you. I just I, I don't know why we're in this where everyone needs to have an outdoor show. It's okay to either be in a studio or inside the arena. Um, so tonight you get Celtics and Miami. That series shifts back to Miami. Game 6, 7.30 with the tip. And if there's a Game 7... In this series, it will be Sunday on ESPN. Now, as we get to big story number two, I know that start times haven't necessarily been announced yet for game threes on Sunday for the women's college super regionals. But I had heard that maybe there was a possibility if there's a couple of teams that end up playing on a Sunday like either Oklahoma or maybe even UCLA that they could end up on ABC. But as it stands for now, you don't want to end up playing on Sunday. So Oklahoma in action tonight. I keep saying tonight, this afternoon against UCF. Uh, let's go down the, the laundry list of some of the cuts we didn't get to on Patty Gasso yesterday. Talked about last week and what it meant for this team. Yeah, well, last weekend – thought we played well it was nice to have a close game against texas a&m i think we needed to feel that I'm proud of how our pitchers threw this weekend um we really came out strong on sunday and set a tone early and um was pretty smothering i was really excited to see how we came out that way team looked really free they looked really fresh um Looking forward to this weekend, kind of the same type of attitude. It's nice to be at home, sellout crowd within the first 10 minutes or so. So I, I like where we're sitting. We got to use our momentum, but we also, um, we've been studying quite a bit and uh, looking forward to some really great um, competition. UCF is a very good team. Watching them on video, they're, very well-rounded. They've got a lot of weapons. And let's give you what you want. Your uh, probably soundbite that's been played more than any other soundbite in the history of this show, the update on Jordy Ball. Well, the good news is Jordy's been throwing it a little bit in the bullpen, and we're very optimistic about – I don't know exactly when, but we're optimistic she's going to be able to help this team. She is a competitor. She's extremely frustrated. She wants to get back where she was right now, and it's it's not the right way to do it. So we've got to get her to listen to what the doctor is saying, listen to what the trainer and the coach coaches are saying, and just be patient. That's what it's going to take. But if she 
her attitude is I want to go 100% right now. And we're not able to do that at this moment, but she's working towards that. And that is uh, better news than I thought that I would have going forward. So we're, we're excited. Hmm. Me too. Let's go. OU UCF 3.30 this afternoon. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network with a 3.15 first pitch. I highly suggest you download the Varsity app and you can listen along, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. All right. um, Big night last night for OU baseball. They advanced to the semifinals of the Big 12 baseball tournament. Somebody is going to need to beat the Sooners twice to eliminate them from a spot in the Big 12 championship game. Here's a little bit of Skip Johnson afterwards. Well, I mean, I just asked him in the in – the, uh... By the way, he's talking about Jake Bennett and the decision to go ahead and let Jake Bennett throw a little bit longer than usual. Well, I mean, I just asked him in the, in the, uh, after the seventh – I said, hey, mate, you, you good? He said, I'll get the next one. I said, okay. And uh, I wasn't going to let him go anymore. You know, guy had a tough at bat, uh, drew a walk, and that was it. I was going to go get Trevin. You talk about those stressful innings. He had 12 strikeouts, career high for him. What was working for him? I think just uh, uh, executing pitches. I mean, fastball, command, breaking ball, and changeup was really good. He was just executing pitches. It was a good day for him, and, and uh, he executed big pitches. Absolutely. You know, first time – Oklahoma has won two games in the in the Big 12 tournament going into it. How's it feel to be in the driver's seat going into Saturday? Well, I mean, it's just an opportunity, and that's all we look forward to. we got to continue to grow and get better. You know, uh, uh, I mean, that's a big thing. Just try to keep the momentum on our side and, and do what we can. Good stuff. We'll hear from a little bit more of the Jake Bennett. Well, I say a little bit more. It's kind of short. But him talking about what was working for him last night and T-Row's incredible final call when we come back. So here's the schedule for OU. They are off today, which is awesome, (laughs) which is absolutely positively awesome. But they sit around and watch, wait a little bit, because you've got first game today is slated for 3.15 when TCU takes on Oklahoma State. And then immediately following that is Texas Tech and Kansas State. The winner of the Tech-Kansas State game, that's who Oklahoma plays tomorrow at 12.30. Now, it's not the first game of the day. Texas will take on the winner of TCU-Oklahoma State tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And then Oklahoma will play the winner of Texas Tech-Kansas State at 12.30 p.m. The reason they're so early is if, say, the winner of TCU-Oklahoma State or the winner of Tech-Kansas State, if they happen to get a win in the game over Texas or Oklahoma, then they, they got to play another game. There's a lot of if-necessary yes. scenarios, so that's why I've got a big slate. And, I mean, none of them could happen <laughs> because both Texas and Oklahoma could win their game and it's over. There you have it, top five stories of the day. So when we come back, let's hear a little bit more from Jake Bennett. You guys have been on fire on the Air Comfort Solutions text. We'll get to that. And we'll talk about a couple of key notes and numbers for Oklahoma's softball squad against UCF today. They're underway in the Starkville Super Regional. Arizona and Mississippi State are scoreless in the bottom of the first inning. This is the Plank Show. All right, um, one story that we talked about a lot earlier but we haven't hit on much late, and that is OU Golf, who is getting set to tee off in the first round 
of the NCAA Division I Men's Championship at Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale. You've got to be, let's see, you've got 30 teams, so you've got to be in that top 15 today. I am all kinds of fired up for following this. Uh, at OU underscore M golf. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They now say 1.30 Central Time. Okay. That's 11.30 Phoenix Time. I apologize. I'm a little bit ahead of myself here. So 1.30 p.m. for OU Golf. The five that are going to play today in include McAllister, Goderup, Goodman, Welch, and Lorenz. They just announced their lineup. So at OU underscore M Golf, give them a follow. It'll be worth Keeping tabs on today. I want to get to match play. I want to get to match play. Let's go. Got to have a good round today, though. And I don't know much about that course, but here we are. It's Scott, say Scottsdale. Scottsdale, Scottsdale right? Uh, uh, yeah, Scottsdale, Arizona. Greyhawk Golf Club. Par 77,289 yards. All right, so we've hit our top five stories of the day. Let me get a little bit on the Air Comfort Solutions text line before we get to Connor, um, hold on here. Boy, Tyler, you have a very in-depth message on the Air Comfort Solutions text line from Penny. Who, uh, uh, what's going on here? Um, anyway, uh, Kendall writes, I can't get enough of Tech barking at Oklahoma for the closer tossing the ball at their dugout. All bark. No bite, Red Raiders suck. Well, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say no bite. I mean, they were ready to throw. <laughs> they were they were ready. Everyone everyone's getting out of the dugout. But I will say that is a you know that your your teammates have your back when you do something like that. <laughs> I Toby said uh, at the end of his show that apparently things were getting dicey between the fans too. Yeah, I think there was some stuff going on way before. Maybe before the game even started. Um, what, Trev Michael, he tossed the ball back to the dugout after the strikeout and then waved goodbye. I think that's what I saw. And that's what, that's what started it up. Dude, I, I do hope, I do hope that these two teams play each other again. I don't know, though. It, it'll be interesting because Kansas State, now, I understand, like, the Pete Hughes hate train is – is very deep for some of you. And that's that's one of those I honestly have never really understood. I've never really understood it. Um, but Kansas State has been hard to figure out this year. But Texas Tech might be even harder. And I don't know if Pete's coaching for his job or not. I, I would assume he's not, even though they've had a, a four-year run where they haven't made the postseason yet. Uh, and Kansas just made a move. But I think that there is a – I think there's a really, really good chance that we could see these two teams go at it again tomorrow. That man, tech, that's a tech lot in of, Oklahoma. That is, I'm sorry. That's a lot of OU Texas Tech matchups in the last Dude, about week and a half. No kidding. Um, B. A. Boomer writes: Rogers State is in the second round of the D. Two World Series today. Love me some Sooner softball. So, from Stephen Broken Arrow said they won the first game. Yesterday against Southern Indiana, seven to two, and they play today. I was watching some of the highlights from that last night. That was pretty awesome. Here's one. Um, I heard a Tech fan pulled three teeth out and threw them at the OU dugout. 
Hey, listen now. Don't be getting Tectina all triggered on a Friday, okay? They got more than three teeth. Stop it. Uh, and then, let's see. That was Steve from BA, by the way, who gave the shout-out. And then, let's see. There was one more that I wanted to get to, but I'm – Oh, I like it. Saturdays are for college football. It's already ridiculous enough that the national championship is played on Monday nights. I've never got an answer as to why. Now, I'm sure it has something to do with TV partners, right? Because both the college football and the college basketball national championship games are played on Monday nights. It, it's never made any sense to And me. they've never – there's nothing that's been on a, like, Saturday. Like, you got no games on Saturday, so that's what makes it more confusing. You, you know what? I, I, Friday nights to me are sacred. I don't think you should play college football games on Friday night. I think Friday night's for high school football. I really do. And if you're going to play games on Thursday night, I don't I don't think we need Big 12, Pac-12. I think that Thursday night window needs to be for some of the mid-major schools. And here's what's happened, is these networks get greedy. And it's fine. I mean, they pay the money, so it's fine. But you... You end up in a situation where you end up in a situation where you're just you're taking away some of the oomph from a Saturday to put one or two decent games on a Thursday night. When I mean, I know every game's on TV now. I get it, but man, it was I'll never forget the feeling when Oklahoma when Tulsa played BYU and it was a nationally televised game. These are big deals to these schools, right? Give Thursdays back to the MAC. Give it back to the Conference USA. Give it back to the WAC. Does WAC even exist anymore? <laughs> yeah, well, you get them more coverage, too, because on Saturdays they just get, like, no one hears about right. them or the games. You get lost in the shuffle. But, again, got a little greedy because they see a little bit more of an opportunity to, to showcase teams there. I mean, and, and I, I know this might – sound a little bit cocky too but Michigan, Ohio State Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia Texas should never be playing on a Thursday or a Friday night never but I understand TV is going to get to call the shots but the one the one thing that for some reason just always sits so poorly with me is the Monday championship. There is nothing in college football or college basketball that conditions us that a big game is on a Monday. Nothing. If, if, and I know, right, they used to have, what was it, Big Monday, right? But it was like two games in college basketball, and it wasn't always a thing. But there's no Monday kickoff in college football. This is a benchmark take of mine, okay? I'm just going to make this very clear. If you ever hear me on a national show at some point when I talk about colleges, this is something that I'm legit outraged about. I'm not just making it up. It makes no sense to me. Never has, never will. Remember all those big college football games you watch on Mondays? No! Because you don't play college football games on Monday. It's Monday Night Football in the NFL. And the NFL's devalued that over the last 20 years. But, oh, we're going to put our championship game on a Monday. What? What are even the networks thinking? And you got all day, all day Saturday to like play that game too. And out of all the days, Monday, come on now. So I mean, I'm sorry to get off on a very crutchy topic, but 
it's just it's never really made any sense to me. From basketball to football, it's never made any sense. Oh, look at us. It's 11.35. Are you ready for Connor's Corner when we come back? Where all of the work that Connor has put in this week to the topics that I never got to, he will just lead into a topic and we will vamp on it for the next 10 minutes when we come back. What's the one topic you really wanted to get to that we didn't talk about this week? We'll find out next. We'll do it. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. This is the home of Sooner fans. All right. So let's. I wish we had some pre-produced music. It's Connor's corner on the Plank Show. Like a big introduction. That's right, big voice guy stuff. We're not cool enough to have big voice guy stuff on this show. Um. So, what is a topic in Connor Pabst's notebook that we need to get to that we did not? And what's your hottest of hot takes? You want me to? I'm going to fill you in with some OU softball stuff. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm always ready to get learned up. So this season, Plank, 500 total runs, 47 total runs given up, 207 runs with two outs. I saw that note. That's a great note. All right, listeners, if OU only counted the runs they scored after already having two outs, OU would still have a record of 47 wins, six losses, and one tie. Pretty cool. That is pretty good stuff. From OU Softball, home run tracker. Yeah, and by the way, I always, I always love those stats. That might have been his best. That might have been his best. I, um, and it seems as if I'm sure I could get numbers from from Pat if I wanted to, but he come busy right now. But I'm almost certain. I am almost certain that it's a situation that. It's usually Lindsey Elam or Jana Johns that get those big two-out hits. Seems like every time with Every time. Good two-out team. I was working. There was the longest time. They had a stretch where, gosh, teams didn't have a hit with a runner in scoring position for like a month. Opposing teams. And they were hitting like 500. They had a great weekend with runners in scoring position last week. And then the Hope Trotwine not allowing an earned run till or getting one earned run and then having that last for – a long time throughout yeah, the season. Yeah, two-run home run on Saturday was what the uh, most recent one. It's pretty incredible, man. By the way, in the 20-zip win over Texas A&M, the day before the Saturday game, neither team had a hit with runners in scoring position. The Sooners were 8-for-19 on Sunday with runners in scoring position, hit 421. Texas A&M was 0-for-1. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> oh, for one. Uh, and in fact, um, we'll see in the Prairie View A&M didn't have a hit. Yeah, I, that was the seventh no-hitter of the season. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma hasn't given up a hit with a runner in scoring position uh, since in, in the postseason. It's unbelievable. All right, any other notes that you want to make sure you get to? You want me to hit you with something really random? Yes. Okay, former Texas running back, Ricky Williams. Did you see he changed his last name? Wait, what? He to changed what? his last name to Miron. Okay. Um, Sorry, Plank, just totally random. Yeah, I didn't know, but I like it. It caught my eye. I was following, I think I was scrolling on Twitter and so someone mentioned it. there's a reason behind it. He legally took the name of his wife to create marital balance. The former running back now goes by Eric Moran. 
the last name of his, adopting the surname of his spouse and reverting to his birth name of, of, of Eric. Huh. I guess I didn't look into it. I, th- I thought I saw something that was just kind of random. R- religious, but- right? Thought usually whenever you hear a last name change, like whenever Lou Alcindor became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when, who was it? Um, see, I was a big UCLA fan when I was little. They had a running back, like Seymour Shaw or something like that, and he changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He had Ron Artest. And right, Metal World Peace. But that, I don't think that was religious reasons. Um, can I be honest? This has never really been a thing. I, I see a lot of people doing it. And maybe I'm just too old-fashioned that way. But if I went – I mean, my wife's last name is Smith. I mean, I, marital balance by taking Smith as your last name? Chris Smith, you'd have yeah. the most, and you'd have the most basic name on it. It's just basic. At least with Plank, it's like, like the what? Huh. Okay, well, good for him. Uh, he said his fame had eclipsed the attention of his wife in their social circles. People kind of forgot that she existed. So there's an imbalance in our relationship. Man, you don't <laughs> you don't see that any day, man. Um so so, he, so you basically Oh, that's a good point, Sean. You took your father in law's last name, essentially? I mean, that's what you're doing. I this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You're Ricky Williams. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You are Eric Moran. I'm sorry. You're a Heisman Trophy winner. You you were a part of one of the most lopsided draft trades in the history of the NFL draft. Huh. So we got to say the Heisman Trophy winner, Eric Moran? No, now? it's Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. But, listen, I'm all about balance. That's, that's something you want to do. I just – all right. Uh, and anything else that you caught on your notes that we didn't get to this week in Connor's Corner? Yeah, I'm sorry about that random one playing. But I like it. I like random. See, that's what – I love randomness. You kidding me? I am so anti-non-sports talk when I'm in my car, but when I'm sitting right here, I'm so pro-non-sports talk. And I love keep writing stats down and keeping it on my side rather than going back and looking on social media just like having it right by me. <laughs> really? Giving re- – Examples of religious name changes and somehow Cassius Clay doesn't come out? Yeah, no, it didn't. Old man. It's a long, long time ago. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor was the one that came to me. And then Seymour Shaw, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Get with the times, buddy. Damn, showing, showing you something on a Friday. Uh, I, a couple of other quick air comfort solutions texts. I think McComas has said on his pod, what would be the record if we didn't have run rules? Oh, I mean, well... I th- I don't think you can project that out. I mean, go download the Diamond Envy pod, but if you don't, there might be numbers and stuff, but you can't really project that out. Uh, too much pot smoking for Eric Moran. Listen, I'm going to stand up for pot smoking right now. Um, that doesn't make you say I need to change my name, all right? It might make you have a different level of thinking about things and relaxation and hunger, but it doesn't make you go like, man, I got to go change my name. Well, not just first, like not just one name, first and last name. Last you name. don't see that. Well, here's the other part of it too. Are you not? If you're not wanting to be Ricky Williams, that's fine. You don't have to go on the Dan Lebetard show and do an interview. That's right, the funniest part in all of this. We needed balance in our relationship. I'm sorry. Is Dan Lebetard having her on your show? No. What are we doing? Um, if I remember correctly, OU is the only D1 softball team that was not shut out this year. Uh. 
Yeah, they haven't. I mean, I don't, they had a two to one game. I think they had a two zip game. That's about as close as we came. Um, I like this from Doug and Norman. Which, by the way, Doug, they, I I know this, but TV scheduling is made by the networks and will be as long as the games are televised. If the colleges don't like Monday night games, they can forfeit their share of the money derived from the contract, and they can't afford to do that. It's like not liking 11 a.m. games. Break away from the NCAA, which the SEC might do, and see what happens. Well, I think we'll be fine if in the SEC breaking away from the NCAA. But here's my point. Even if TV dictates it, the Super Bowl is on a Sunday because we watch the NFL on a Sunday. And to the person that's like, well, I watch a big football game, college football on a Monday night. How many times, you dope? One time a year. It's one time a year in the opening weekend of the season. It's not normal. Everyone wants to be, oh, what's wrong with We try to recreate things. We try to reinvent the wheel. NASCAR screwed up in the early 2000s. Why? That all the momentum in the world. So what they decide to do? We need to get to more of these boring mile or two and a half mile tracks so we can get more sweets. And it imploded their job. Listen, playing your championship game on a Monday night, it's a very minuscule thing to me. But don't come in here acting like you watch big games on Monday in college football all the time. Shut up. You watch one game. The Mac. Oh, and you got the, well, yeah, you yeah, got the, the Mac. Mac plays on Mondays. Uh, and then, yeah, this is a really good point, too, by the way, on the softball side of things. Patty Gatch, uh, Gasso's coaching tree as head coaches in the Supers is incredible. Courtney Dyfel at Arkansas, Tim Walton, Samantha Ricketts, Kenny Gajewski. Though I will say, Kenny Gajewski never really coached at Oklahoma, so I don't think you could put him on the coaching tree. And, and that's not a knock on Kenny. But he was a, he was a GA in 95, and I mean, I mean so, so was Courtney to a certain extent. But, yeah, okay. But Michelle Gascoigne as a pitching coach, I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. I mean, that's that's big time. And let's also, you know, we, so many times people get caught up in the transfer portal and the bad of it. Look at how many Oklahoma players in the transfer portal had big moments during the regionals, right? You had Alexis Schultz out at San Diego State hitting home runs. Even you think about players that didn't quite make the uh, – that didn't make it, the um, Flores sisters – had a big season up at up at Boise State. Um, she didn't play very much last year, but you had the starting third baseman for Tennessee, who was an Oklahoma transfer that ended up having an incredible season. Why is her name escaping me right now? I'm scrolling through the uh, – as soon as I see it, I'm going to be so mad at myself. Anyway, the starting third baseman for uh, Tennessee was, uh, was an Oklahoma transfer. So you got – you know, not just on the coaching side of things, but also – oh, Zeta Pooney, thank you. Zeta Pooney. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. Just waiting for their time to shine and taking advantage of it. So I guess my point is it's not just the, the coaching tree that's amazing. It is absolutely positively across the board. Well, it shows how deep OU is every single year, not just the starting nine, but, man, the bench players that can come in and make an impact. It's going to be fun today. 3.30 first pitch, 3.15 with the uh, pregame show. That is our first edition of Connor's Corner, which we learned that Ricky Williams has changed his name, in which we learned the incredible stat about home runs for Oklahoma. And there you go. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. Stick around. I packed up like we were done. Sorry. Good job this week, dude. I appreciate you grinding. 
It's not easy to be the producer of this show. It's hard work. I'm a, I'm a mean person. I make it tough on Connor. Every day I come in, I need your best. We struggle with the timing for sure this week. <laughs> yeah, it's been, I've been way off the clock. Um, Travis hit us back up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Um, the college football natty was originally scheduled on a Monday to not compete with the NFL's wild card weekend, which has games on both Saturday and Sunday. Well, that makes sense. But it's just, I'm telling you, you condition me. You know what would be great? College football national championship on a side a Saturday night. You somehow work with the NFL and you you have their Saturday wild card game in the afternoon. It'd be awesome. It'd be good right? timing, good scheduling. Monday's always just off to me for it just college seems football off. being on Monday. But I understand you get one you get your one big game a year, so I guess that conditions you that Mondays are where college football is supposed to be. We got into more of college football scheduling than I expected today with the announcement of the eleven AM kicks for Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Texas, Alabama. Two thirty for the opener against UTEP and Six o'clock for the uh, Kent State game, which will be on ESPN Plus. Um, but today's all about softball. We'll be on the air with a three fifteen first pitch, three thirty, or three fifteen pregame show, three thirty first pitch. If you don't have tickets, come out and be a part of Home Run Village. Bring your dog, bring him on leash. You can bring your own cooler. Have a good time, man. It's really a neat environment. You get the TV broadcast. They throw my radio broadcast over the top of it. DJ Sanchez will be with me all week, and it's going to be a fun one. Connor, great job this week, buddy. Yep. Uh, We'll see you back here on a Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everybody.